0: Luke, chapter 1, verse 39. Now at this time, Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country, to a city of Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. So um, if we remember, Elizabeth is six months pregnant at this point. She's the wife of Zacharias. They're very old. Uh, She's carrying John the Baptist. She's a relative of Mary. We're not sure what. Uh, cousin, aunt, whatever. We don't know. But, uh, and Mary is now carrying, presumably, she's already pregnant with Jesus, with the Messiah. And she um, was basically, I don't know, Gabriel hinted to her uh, at the and at the end of their meeting, which we had finished recently, um, remind, pointing out to her that, you know, your relative um, Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age and she who has who was called barren is now in her sixth month for nothing will be impossible with God. So Gabriel's like, he tells Mary about this and kind of hinting like, why don't you go visit her? You know, that'll, that'll uh, be an encouragement to you, which I think is kind of cool. I mean, she goes like, probably 100 miles or so from Nazareth all the way down to <clears throat> the hill country of Judea And, um, she visits Elizabeth. She walks in the house. She ends up staying three months, which if we skip to the end of the passage here today, the last verse says this, and Mary stayed with her about three months and then returned to her home. I think we're not told that she was there for the birth of John the Baptist, but I think she was. I mean, she shows up. Elizabeth's more than six months pregnant. She stays three months and then she goes back home. Um, just the thought of you know Mary the mother of Jesus helping Elizabeth deliver John the Baptist kind of cool uh, and plus just what an encouragement for Mary uh, just the kindness of God here I mean who else could Mary really talk to at this point It's just she's in a bewildering situation. she's gonna be in this tiny village of Nazareth uh, starting to show her pregnancy at some point. Um, actually probably by the time she got back. So, you know, people, tongues would wag, all of that stuff. And, you know, she's not, she can't just go around and tell people, well, I met this angel and here's what he said in and, and the Holy Spirit. And, <laughs> she couldn't do that. So who could she talk to on earth? I guess Joseph, but we don't hear much from Joseph. We'll see. We'll revisit that thought in a minute. And um, so the, the, Gabriel hints, go, go see your friend. Go see your, go see your relative, your cousin, whoever she is. And she spends months with her. And what a blessing. What sweet fellowship they must have had. What the kindness of God there, just to give these two women this encouragement and this blessing. Um, Anyway, uh, verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, remember, Mary walks into the house and says hi or whatever, shalom. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, The baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Here he is again. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord, so Elizabeth is thrilled. She's thrilled that Mary's there, the baby in Elizabeth's womb, who again is you know a little more than six months pregnant. He he, John, John leaps in Elizabeth's belly, uh, and Elizabeth is happy for Mary. She's not jealous. Every woman, every Hebrew woman, wants to give birth to the Messiah. You know, it would, it would be a dream. You know, and here's Mary. That's what she's doing. She's going to be, or what she's going to be doing. And Elizabeth knows it. John the Baptist knows it. And um, Mar- Elizabeth is just thrilled for her, her relative, her niece, whatever the relationship is there. And she blesses her. She, she's filled with the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth. And she prophesies and blesses her. All this comfort and all this confirmation causes Mary to just erupt with praise and we see that in verse 46 the next verse and mary said my soul exalts the lord now i'm reading new american standard here other versions have for exalt have magnify which is this passage of scripture is actually called the magnificate uh and it's called that because the first word in latin would is that word uh, which just means magnify so um uh, Mary, and we're going to see, we're just going to go through this quickly. <clears throat> Mary, um, she is steeped in the Old Testament. Everything she speaks here in the next 10 verses or whatever it is, is, um, is just steeped in the Old Testament. She's grown up with it. It's in her blood. Um, and it just comes spilling out of her and her prophecy and praise here. And I think this, I like this passage that she, she's teaching us, She's teaching us how to worship. You know, my soul magnifies the Lord. Um, It just means to make God big. You're like, well, you can't make God bigger than he he is. He is what he is. He is who he is. Well, of course that's true. But we still need to magnify him for the sake of our own soul. For our own dull souls. You know, you think about, just think about your perspective on something. My perspective on something, the further I am from an object, from anything, the smaller it looks. The closer I am, the bigger it looks. It's the same thing with God. I know just the closer I am to him, the bigger he looks, uh, and it puts everything else in perspective. The further I am from him on any given day, the more I wander from him, the smaller he seems, he fades into the background, and Everything else looms large and overwhelms me. So Mary's, and she's teaching us something here. My soul magnifies the Lord. We need to talk to our souls. We need to speak to our hearts, not listen to them. Don't listen to them. Don't follow them. Speak to them. Give them orders. My soul magnifies the Lord. Anyway, enough of that sermon. Sorry. Uh, verse 47. Um, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my. Savior. God is Mary's Savior. Even the mother of Jesus needs God to save her. We all need to be rescued every day. Uh, Just learning to walk with that awareness and that humility is hard. It's hard for people. Too many, too many of us were just insulted at the idea of needing, actually needing God. But we do every day. We need to be rescued. We need to be saved. And uh, it's a constant need for human beings. And God stands above us all, over us so all. He spans all time and eternity. He spans the whole earth and the whole cosmos. And he's and one of his main names is Savior, Rescuer, Redeemer. Um, that's what we need. Verse 48. Again, we're ready, reading through Mary's kind of prophecy and praise here, the Magnificat. For he has regarded... Uh, For he has, I'm sorry, for he has had regard for the humble state of his bond slave, meaning her. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. She's the bride of a carpenter. She's from nowhere. (laughs) Um, He's from nowhere, you know, and she's selected for this great honor. Not Caesar's kid, you know. Not some, not the child of some king, or a celebrity, it was not someone everyone would know. You know, everyone, everyone's name would recognize instantly and say, "Oh, well, that makes sense." Yeah, I mean, the new king of the world, the Messiah, the Savior would come through that family. But no, it comes through, comes through Mary, it comes through this teenage girl from Nazareth. Mary had no Twitter followers. You know, she had no celebrities. She had nothing, and God chose her. And Mary's just overwhelmed at this reversal of things, and this is a theme. This is the theme we're going to see right here, and it's a theme in Luke, and it's a theme in the kingdom of God, this kingdom reversal, this notion of the last shall be first and all of that. Um, Because she goes on. Listen, here's what she says in verse 50. Uh, And, excuse me, and his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him he has done mighty deeds with his arm he has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart he has brought down rulers from their thrones and has exalted those who were humble he has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed again she's spilling forth a lot of old testament notions here uh, about the needy etc but we're we're not going to break it down verse by verse um but this is that theme again this is the theme we see that Luke is going to just keep harping on it keep coming back to well Jesus yeah, Jesus and Luke talk as he talks about Jesus that the last shall be first you know that that up is down you know if you if you want to go up in the kingdom of heaven you need to go down you need you need humility the humble are exalted humble yourself in the sight of the lord and he shall lift you up this is the kingdom the poor get the kingdom of heaven. The meek inherit the earth. If you want to be a leader, you need to serve everyone. You need to be a servant in order to be a leader. This is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and we're going to see this reversal again and again and again. And Right here, as a matter of fact, this whole story, this whole scene with these two women is is a picture of that. We'll get back to that in a second. Um, let's close with the verse 54 here. He has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever. This is key. I mean, because um, these things don't just come dropping down out of heaven. This This is a bigger story. This is a chapter in a bigger story. So Um, A lot of times we read, you know, like the Christmas story or passages and any passage in the Bible for that matter as if it's disconnected from everything else that went before. You know, it's like here we're if we just jump in here, it's like watching the last movie of a trilogy or maybe you're watching the last of the Marvel movies, the end game. And you're like, this is the end game. And you don't understand who all the players are. You don't know where they came from. You don't know why this person's important and that person's not. You know, you don't even understand the villain. Well, where'd they come from? All of that. You don't, You have no perspective. You're just watching the last movie. So she's referring to a 1,000 years ago, to Abraham and lots of other pro- uh, promises that were made to Israel, that we are all part of a bigger story and that God has made promises and he is keeping them now. He is, he is stepping down and keeping them right here, right now in this scene with Mary and Elizabeth. And it's when she refers to Abraham, it's been a 1,000 years since Abraham at this point. You know, for us, it's been over 4,000 years, but so why, why take a thousand years to keep your promise, God? Well, because he's God. I mean, we talked about this before. He has his own calendar. He keeps his own schedule, right? The important thing is that he keeps his promises. He has made a whole bunch of promises that we see fulfilled through the centuries, And we see he has made a whole bunch more about the future, about our future, about the future of this world and about the future of our own existence, our own souls. And we know he will keep those promises because we know he kept all the ones he made before. And this is proof right here. And that's what Mary's pointing out. It's like she's looking back. She's looking back at all at what God has done in the past. She's shooting all the way forward what he's going to do. And it's like she's the hinge of history. Uh, this, this teenage girl, again, I keep coming back to it, from Nazareth, there's like a hinge point in history. It's just, thought, for me, it's beautiful. And then at verse 56, and Mary stayed with her about three months and then returned to her home. Mary and Elizabeth knew more clearly than anyone else what God was doing. You know? that God is now stepping into history in a way never dreamed of to turn everything upside down. Of all the people on earth, I don't know how many people were on earth back then, but there are two people, and it is these two women who have this clear idea of what exactly what God is doing. These two beautiful women, Mary holding the future of humanity in her belly, Elizabeth holding the one who is to be the announcer, the forerunner, uh, who is to announce this coming king. And as a matter of fact, he's so eager to announce him that he's actually kicking and jumping. He can't wait to start his job. He wants to get out of his mom's belly and start talking, right? Start pointing to this king and saying, that's the one because that's John's job. And, you know, the biggest thing that has ever happened is happening, you know, in this scene. And or, you know, is getting ready to happen it's what, what, is what they're talking about. And only they really know I mean I, we their husbands knew right Zechariah and you know, Zechariah talked to angel you know Joseph knew uh but we but they are silent in this whole this whole scene this whole so far you know we hear nothing from Joseph at all in Luke's account he might, it's almost like he doesn't exist he, you know he's just referred to as oh yeah you know here's she's a, she's engaged to this guy and that's it uh he's inconsequential um Zechariah, he's literally struck dumb by the angels. He's like, You can't speak. I'm not letting you speak. What's what's the point here? It's like, again, it's this reversal. There's no men involved in anything, it seems like. Um, they're they're incidental to the whole story. It's these women, these two women who are the first to prophesy, to speak forth God's word. They're filled with the Holy Spirit, and it just comes spilling out of them, you know. God is launching a conspiracy to shake the heavens and the earth. And so far, the only people he lets in on it is these two women. It's uh, such a Luke thing to do. It's such a Luke thing to notice. I love Luke. I love Jesus. And I love Mary and Elizabeth, too. It's all pretty neat. Thanks for listening, folks.